I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which this recording takes place, the Wadundi and Bububun people of Wudichup in the southwest Bujara region in Nungabuja, also known as Margaret River. I acknowledge their continuing connection to the land, waters and community. I pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hey there, welcome back to the Men, Sex and Pleasure podcast. I'm your host, Cam Fraser. This is episode number 111. We're talking all things masculinity, sexuality, male bodies, and men's experiences of pleasure. And today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Samuel Shin. Samuel is an ex-psychotherapist, now working as an authentic dating coach. He is also a certified men's work facilitator. And Samuel offers an alternative to the pickup industry by helping men open up to their authenticity, masculinity, and sexuality to naturally improve their dating and relationships. His work includes three components, developing masculinity, working on the root cause of insecurities, and learning what he calls conscious pickup. He works one-on-one with men, and you can find him on Instagram at AuthenticDatingCoach. Now, after recording this episode, Samuel wanted to add a disclaimer for listeners. Though he shares his criticisms of the Western mental health system in this interview with me and why he stopped practicing therapy, he wants listeners to know that he is still a huge advocate of therapy and recommends everybody try it for at least six months with a therapist that they really like and feel a connection with. And he emphasizes personally liking them and feeling a connection as a prerequisite to successful therapy. Therapy has been instrumental in his path of growth and healing, and he believes there is nothing else like it. Getting guidance from someone who is educated and trained at the highest level in understanding the psychological underpinnings of maladaptive thoughts and behaviors is something that a lot of life coaches won't be able to offer. So with that in mind, uh, on today's episode, the two of us talk about the disillusionment that Samuel has with the uh, Western mental health system. And I I share some of my own thoughts. Uh, We also talk about Samuel's uh, journey of sexual self-discovery and what that looked like for him and how he came to realize that that was an intrinsic component of his own dating and his authenticity and masculinity. And we talk about entering the dating scene as well as what it's like to like cultivate your authenticity, tap into that and express it and how to do that. And along those same lines, we talk about some really practical dating advice for men. So, if that interests you, please continue listening. Uh, I had an enjoyable chat chatting with Samuel. It was nice to connect with him and I hope you enjoy listening. Sex is between two consenting people of age and that's where it's supposed to stay, right there. You're not supposed to go out and talk about it. You don't need your husband no more. You don't need your wife no more. Come on, you get mad, you get angry, you defraud him, and go and get your sexual toy, and play with yourself. Just think, if you're 18 or older, girls are waiting 24 hours a day to talk to guys, guys like you. Sam, Samuel, thank you for joining me, mate. I, uh, I like to start the interview... I said interview, uh, I'd like to start the podcast with uh, just an invitation, I suppose, mate. And the invitation is just an open invitation for you to share a little bit about who you are, 
what it is that you do and what you're passionate about, man. So that's my open invitation to you. Sure. So yeah, thanks for having me, man. This is, uh, this is, we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm pretty sure just based on what I've heard, heard, uh, in your other podcasts. So, um, yeah, my background is, is therapy. So I used to be a therapist. I was a therapist for six and a half years. I decided to, um, I've been in psych, I've been in psychology for probably 18 years. Um, but I left the mental health field to, uh, become an entrepreneur, become a life coach. Um, around that time, I'd also become a, a certified men's work facilitator. So I was doing men's work. So I was like, you know what? I, the, the mental health system really, I got dis- disillusioned by it and just, uh, it wasn't for me, you know, um, I was getting burnt out. Um, I was really good at what I did, but it's because I had thought so deeply about psychology and, and these other things that I'm, I'm going to mention later, I'm sure like sexuality and, and who we are as human beings and like what causes, um, suffering and what causes, you know, dis ease in people and them to feel like they're not living their life, which I think is a lot of what mental illness is. It's people not living their truth. And so, um, so I just spent a lot of time investigating what this, what caused that, what caused mental illness in myself and other people. I was just really good at it. So I, um, I loved the, the, I guess the, the, what I did, I guess the, the, the process of it, but mental health was not my space. So, you know, people, I, I worked with really intense clients, a lot of different settings and, um, people were coming to me for, you know, a lot of mental illness stuff. Some people were, you know, some other things, but I was like, I'm going to do my own thing. I want to work with people more around transformation, um, you know, a little more spiritual stuff. Um, so I, I, I left the field and I decided to become a, a life coach and worked with men, but things quickly started to move towards sexuality. And, uh, just because that was such a huge part of my growth and my healing, awakening, whatever you want to call it, my evolution. Um, so, so I started talking a lot about sexuality and like how that is important to be yourself and authenticity, um, and life. And, um, and then, so it, from there transition transitioned into dating coaching. So, um, I started, you know, because I was working with men, I wanted them to learn, you know, how I had basically learned how to become more attractive and not just physically, but like energetically. And, uh, you know, it's like magic when you really learn how to embody sexual energy and sexuality in a, in a really deep, you know, authentic way. That's my theory. So, so I just, you know, dating was pretty easy for me. Like it wasn't, I didn't have a problem. Sex was pretty easy. Like it just kind of happened a lot in very, in various situations. It just, you know, I didn't have to try and maybe that's something about me, but I also definitely think it's, you know, it was something about the sexual energy. So, um, I had done a lot of work around that. I didn't mention in my grad school, uh, that I went to, uh, on sexuality. And so, yeah, it was as much a part of my spiritual journey. There's a lot of different aspects to my journey, but yeah, it was as much a part of my spiritual journey as it was like meditation and all these other things. And so I started to teach it and, um, and I did take some pickup, uh, courses a little bit. Um, but even before that, I was, you know, like I said, pretty decent at dating and sex and all that. But 
learning pickup really helped me see a gap in where people, where men are having trouble dating. You know, um, generally I've been turned off by pickup. I never liked it. I never liked the men teaching it. Um, but there was this one guy that really just struck me and I was like, I, I do want to learn from him. So I learned from him. And so I'm, I'm really bringing together everything now, the, the some of the pickup stuff, uh, stuff around sexuality, men's work, and then, and especially therapy, because that's, you know, that's been such a big part of my life. So I call myself a dating coach or I call myself an authentic dating coach. Um, and yeah, really helping men learn how to uh, embody their own energy, express themselves and be confident and learn some aspects of, you know, dating dynamics and masculine and feminine, feminine dynamics and, and helping them, uh, really level up their, their dating and, uh, also relationships. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm doing now. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Thank you for sharing that dude. And there's so many, like my curiosity was piqued so many times um, through that sharing. I guess like my first thing that I was just genuinely interested in, man, was like what type of therapy were you doing, you know, when you were working as a therapist? What what was your approach? Was it CBT? Was it narrative? Was it acceptance and commitment? What type of therapy? Yeah. So, the primarily, I guess, three different schools, but uh, I went to a really alternative grad school. It's like there's only a few of these in the whole in the US for sure, but um, it's called CIIS. Um, so California Institute of Integral Studies. And um, so they kind of have their own thing, but the schools were uh, humanistic, humanistic existential and um, transpersonal and psychodynamic. So psychodynamic is kind of Freudian stuff and understanding, you know, um, just how we are organized based on our early childhood experiences and the family system and all that. So, um, and then transpersonal is kind of the, the meeting place of spirituality, Eastern philosophy, that type of stuff with Western psychology, um, and human growth and potential. And then also human ex existential is probably been my like core, like who I am a little bit because, um, it's really about connecting on a human level, a lot of empathy, um, really getting to like being present in the moment, understanding what's, you know, um, yeah, I have my own style of it, but it's, it's just really connecting with the human being, um, that like, no matter what we're talking about, you know, like if it's mental illness or dating or whatever, it's like, who are you as a person? How did you get that way? And, and how can we get you to be where you want? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. Very Rogerian by the sounds of it. Hey. Roger. Yeah. Carl Rogers was, I, I loved him when I first started. Yeah. Mm, beautiful, dude. And what was it that you felt disillusioned by with regards to therapy? Because I, I went into counseling and, and I have my own feeling of like disillusionment with talk therapy in particular. Um, but I was wondering what, what was it about therapy and the practice of therapy that you felt disillusioned by? Um, <laughs> I, I have a lot of I have a very unpopular or it's an opinion that not a lot of people have, but it's that Western mental health in maybe mental health all over, you know, is, is, is these people see it as a medical issue. Like it's really tied in with the medical system here. So it's like an illness, a lot of meds. Um, you know, I was working in resident residential treatment at, at some points, you know, and it's like the, the way they treat people, and I worked in some pretty good environments, um, but still the way that they treated people, you know, using all these theories and trying to, like, I was sort of schooling my 
supervisors and like my directors, like I was, I, 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 cause I was connecting on such a human level. Like I took all the theory and just applied it. And it was like, so easy for me to understand, but you know, in supervision and all these meetings and stuff, we would talk about clients and it, it just, they were trying to figure it out, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it just felt like it lacked humanness and, um, the focus on mental illness when, you know, mental illness for me, like one of my teachers, uh, like one of my spiritual teachers, meditation teachers said, uh, mental illness is really just a category or, or these like characteristics for people who can't hold an office job. So it's like, we've developed these, these things for people who are aberrant or abnormal or not fitting in the norm, but what's the norm right now? The norm is to like, be super socialized and like, you know, hold nine to five jobs and all these things when like, you know, and if you can't do that for whatever reason, mental illness, right. Then, then, uh, then something must be wrong with you. So how can we get you to go back and, and be a part of this society? So one of the criteria for mental illness is that it, it, it prevents you from being able to function in society. Um, and I get all that, but uh, for me, it's like what causes the mental illness, right? So it's like there's a really human element to all of this. That when you look at anybody's suffering, there's always a there's always a cause. There's always a reason. You know, it's not like some weird thing. It's uh, it's very easy for me to identify. I mean, it's always trauma. It's always some childhood thing. Um, so I more than you know, there were aspects of it that were good, but I just left because I I felt like there was more that I could offer, like there was more that I could do, and I would be more fulfilled if I just if I just carved my own path. Um, because I'd gone through so much and learned so much in my life that I, you know, I was applying to my clients, but what if I had clients who were, you know, a better fit for me who weren't just looking for mental health stuff? And so um, yeah, and I and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just wanted to go out and travel and make more money, get myself out, you know, pay off my loans, all this stuff. So. Yeah. I feel you, man. That actually really resonates with me with regards to my thinking about male sexuality. Like I, I think this is my opinion, um, but I think that male sexuality is over medicalized and over, over pathologized as well. Like the um, kind of, that that framework that you were using to describe like mental illness and kind of fitting into society, like, you know, this is what we've kind of deemed as normal. And if you don't like fit into what we've deemed as normal, then you're suffering from mental illness. That's kind of the way it's uh, framed. And I, I see that exactly playing out with regards to like male sexuality. We've kind of set up, this is what normal male sexuality looks like. And if you don't fit this model of male sexuality, then something's wrong with you and you need to take something or you need to do something in order to fix the problem so that you fit back in with that normative model of male sexuality. When, um, and that normative model is kind of comes from Masters and Johnson's not 1960s work around like um, the four phase you know, model of arousal and you know, ejaculation equals orgasm. And there's the resolution refractory period. There's the arousal, then there's plateauing. And it's just like so linear and so narrow and so boxed in with regards to like your, your experience of sexuality. Um, but that's what we use. Even as sex therapists, right? When I was going through my sexology degree, that was the model that we were using for male sexuality. If you don't fit that model, then- you know, something's wrong with you, you've, you've got erectile dysfunction or you've got premature ejaculation or you've got, you know, um, delayed orgasm or whatever it might be. 
because you don't fit in with that normative model. And and so then you know we get the then we get prescriptions, right? And it's like okay, you need that you need to take this medication in order to get an erection better, or you need to take this medication in order to last longer, right? Prescribing SSRIs for guys that have premature ejaculation and shit like this, like it's so like we can talk about big pharma and and fucking you know. Pfizer and Viagra and stuff again pushing this normative model of you need to have an erection in order to have sex and if you don't then something's wrong with you and again it's like centering the penis and centering like what we think is what male sexuality should look like um but I but I see it man and then that's that's one of the biggest things that I come up against when I work with men with regards to their sexuality is like going okay here's like just kind of describing that normative model to them and being like sex doesn't have to look that way in fact sex can look a whole bunch of different ways and you don't need to follow that this kind of prescriptive way of thinking about sex and um and so that's what i got kind of disenfranchised by um when it came to like going into sexuality work especially like i was doing counseling and and helping people with like sexuality and relationships. And I just saw like there was so much more opportunity for me to educate and to draw on different modalities and to talk more about the esoteric stuff and to bring in like yoga and physical exercises and stuff when I was like applying the, the applying the modality of coaching as opposed to counseling um, and, uh, and, and not basically just focusing only on talk therapy. So I really resonate with that, man. And I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I, I was curious here as well, cause I, I went through a bit of a phase of like getting into pickup and, um, <laughs> I didn't really resonate with any teachers. I actually was very, very, uh, turned off, uh, pun intended, turned off by a lot of all the male, um, pickup artists and, and, and the whole kind of community. I spoke to a guy actually on my podcast, probably episode 10, a long time ago now called Harris O'Malley, who is a reformed pickup artist, I suppose, if you want to use that kind of terminology, but talks about authentic and genuine dating and how to have casual sex without treating people casually and all this sort of stuff. Um, and so I, I'm curious about your own kind of foray into, you know, pickup and, and what you learned from it. But you mentioned that you had one teacher who you quite liked. And I'm, I'm wondering who that was, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah. His name was um, Kyle Frongian, uh, F-R-O-O-N. J I A N. And, you know, he's just a, he is a pickup artist, you know, he's a dating coach, pickup artist. Um, and there are aspects of, you know, like him that are, he's kind of similar to others, but I think there's going to be more and more of like a new wave of dating coaches. Cause the old school ones were very, you know, I guess toxic or, you know, they, I think just trying to figure out a way to feel a sense of power and masculinity. And so they used their intellect, you know, basically to reverse engineer dating and then it works. And then it's just like push the button and, you know, so, it, but they don't work on themselves. Whereas I think dating coaching is going to get more and more about self-growth, self-development, um, you know, uh, not just trying to, you know, fuck over women or fuck women. Um, but, uh, you'll, you'll have the whole spectrum, but yeah, his, he, he, the thing that drew me to him was cause I've, I'm always about, truth. I'm always about reality. And there were some YouTube videos I'd run I had seen of his about, um, I think it's just called social game really. Right. But when I understood the way that he taught it and when I understood it, it just made sense. It was like, Oh, okay. So evolution, like basically what they're doing is just, um, taking advantage of the evolutionary or biological systems, like in our brains or emotionally, you know, and sexually instinctually. Um, but he had talked about social game, um, just as like, who, what was it? Like how you can just 
be a better person, basically have more friends, be social, <laughs> you know, talk to more people. Um, and not in this, like trying to be a certain type of guy that you're not, but just, just, just open up, you know, and if you open up, and women see you talking to other people being, you know, more like the life of the party or being, you know, talking to people at the gym, like they'll notice you more. It just makes you more like trustworthy, attractive. Like it just does something, you know? And when I heard that, I thought, Oh, okay. That's, that just, that, that just sounds like reality. Just sounds like life, you know, and, uh, sex being something that's part of life and dating, you know, like a mating dance. And so, um, yeah, I actually wanted to, I, I was, I wanted to learn some techniques as well, um, for myself. Cause I was dating, um, you know, here and there, but I wanted to see if I can approach women that were more attractive than the ones that I, you know, might typically get with. Right. Um, so that's honestly why I, I, I went and learned some pickup and, uh, yeah, it was fun. And I think all of it still aligns with this theory that I have that it's reality, you know, like, um, some of this is just pe what people will do if, if you, uh, if they're naturally masculine, you know, like if they're in their masculine sexuality or, you know, and again, it can be, you can have different, like you said, masculine, sexual or feminine, you know, like it just depends on the person, but, um, this is just like the stereotypical masculine kind of feminine dynamics, some of these techniques, right? So it's just, yeah, uh, I've just incorporated that more into my life and into what I do. And, um, it's helped me to see masculine and feminine or male and female dynamics, especially when it comes to dating much more clearly. And so, um, so yeah, I, I just help men or I teach men how to do it in a, based on where they're at and who they are, you know, so I'm not going to push somebody who's super extroverted or introverted to just like, start like, you know, hitting on girls. Like, it's like, Hey, let's just start to help you be more open and social. And, you know, what type of personality do you have? Like, who are you really? And like, just start to open up slowly. Um, so yeah, just meeting people where, where they're at using some of those tools, I guess. Yeah. Thanks if for speaking into that. Yeah, for sure, man. I, um, I remember, um, like people ask me in terms of books that I've read, um, like what have been the most transformative and, you know, because of where I was in my life uh, at the time, I think I was about 17 or 18, I read Neil Strauss's The Game. Most most guys, I, I presume, have probably heard of the, at least the book or if not read it. Um, and something that I took away from reading The Game was um, like firstly how like <laughs> how hectic and drama ridden like their life was firstly and I was like that sounds horrendous and I don't want any part of that that sounds like a fucking nightmare to be honest with you but what I like in terms of positives that I took away was um like was like learning how to initiate conversations essentially like was learning how to kind of be a bit more open up about about my passions about what it is that I was interested in about like generating you know um enthusiasm in other people right by by speaking about what I was enthusiastic about and speaking with enthusiasm and just being a bit more charismatic, I suppose. That was like my big takeaway from like being, I suppose, somewhat in the pickup space. And so, part of that was like, how do I dress, right? And how do I dress in order to reflect like how I feel, 
right? And and so when I was younger and I was a little bit more uh, vivacious and I was a bit more like outgoing and I was a bit more like just having a bit more of a party kind of attitude. I had longer hair. Uh, you know, I was wearing you know some more you know button up shirts and tighter fitting, and I was wearing like fancy belts. I'd kind of dressed like Russell Brand for a couple of years, to be honest with you. Um, and, <laughs> nice. Uh, and then there was like. And so, so I went through a, like a period of evolution with my appearance as well, with regards to like what feels more congruent for me as I was kind of maturing a little bit. Um, I you know sh- shortened my hair, I shortened my beard. I kind of went through a bit of a yoga guru phase where I was teaching a lot of yoga. So I was wearing a lot more mala beads and open flowing shirts. And a lot of that was just kind of like this idea of like, how do I want to express myself through my clothing? And that wasn't something that I'd really thought about until I started getting into the whole pickup kind of scene. Um, and another thing was like, you know, just being curious about um, like, I suppose just like being curious about the, the person I was talking to, right? And starting to ask them interesting questions and starting to ask them about life in general rather than the kind of like superficial questions, do you come here often? Like, hey, you know, what's your name? That sort of stuff. Like being a bit more, um, just having a bit more of a diverse um, question uh, toolbox, I suppose, right? Like things that I could talk about, things that I felt really um were kind of interesting to talk about. That was something that, that I, I, again, positives that I took out of that community. Um, and um, and that's what I kind of see, like if I refer back to my conversation with Harris, that's kind of what he focuses on as well. It's like, you know, how can you be a bit more personable? How can you be a bit more um, a charismatic and approachable and accessible and not come across as a creepy dude, but just come across as someone who's like interested in this thing. And if that person doesn't give you any reciprocal like interest and you go, cool, Hey, it was lovely to meet you. Uh, you know, this kind of isn't, I can tell there's kind of like not working here. Have a nice night and go and speak to someone else or have a nice day or whatever it is and go and speak to, to someone else and, um, and not kind of approaching, which, which was what I found was like approaching, dating or approaching like you know casual relationships with this kind of sense of entitlement that a lot of guys i think seem to have which is like oh if i don't get this reciprocation from this woman that i'm talking to then there's something wrong with her right for not you know for not responding to how i'm approaching her or not responding to the compliment that i've given her a lot of guys are kind of i I feel like stuck in that sense of entitlement and um and so that's that's something that i've i've noticed in myself and have done a bit of work on um you know i notice it in my relationship with my partner now, right? Am I, now that I'm in a, you know, um, well, we're not married yet, but we're um, engaged. It's like, do I, do I notice the sense of entitlement popping up if I just go and like walk past her and slap her on the butt, right? Am I, am I only doing that because I'm like, oh, this is my partner. She's not going to care. Have I really checked in with her about that beforehand? And and like, where is that sense of entitlement kind of creeping into my relationship with her today? Um, but I notice that like popping up in, especially when guys, do the thing right they've they kind of read this pickup artist technique and so then they do the thing and then maybe doesn't get the result that they're looking for then they get angry that they're like no i did the thing i pressed the right buttons i did i said the right stuff why isn't this working like you there's something wrong with you because you're not responding to the thing that i've done um i don't know that's just something that i've noticed man I, i wanted to just throw that in there yeah no that's a that's an interesting point um because i i think it's about at least what's coming up for me is that it's about men sort of being in their own, they're in their own world. And it's just a world where they're objectifying women. It's just a world where the woman is a sexual object of their fancy. And, you know, so they're 
sort of absorbed in their own desire, which I think you don't even have to be in the pickup world. Like you're saying, you can just be a person with a partner or, you know, um, I've had this with, you know, previous girlfriends where it's just like, I want sex. So I just like assume that they might want sex, you know, um, or, uh, something, but, but yeah, there's a difference between that and authentic. I don't know what to call it right now, but like, if you're just in your sexual energy, and sexual energy for me isn't about being horny. It's not about just sex. You know, I mean, I'm sure you, it's, it, it's just about connection. It's really about connection to yourself and connection to this other person. And yes, I think there are moments when, you know, you probably do need to ask for consent or, you know, check in or whatever, but, um, but yeah, it's that it's in the entitlement is, is like, um, yeah, it's weird. It's, I don't know. It's almost young too, like a little, kid like a little toddler or something you know or it's like uh <laughs> men just being in, entitled is a good word it's like i think it's cocky too they're being not just confident they're trying to come across as confident when they're probably really not inside you know and so uh it's really just like an ego thing Hey there, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I just wanted to chime in here with a plug for my online men's course. It's called Outperform a Porn Star. It goes for six weeks and it's all about experiencing multiple orgasms, overcoming any uh, sexual dysfunctions, reframing your whole performance mindset around sex to be more pleasure-oriented, We talk about communicating with your partner, being a sexual leader, and all of this amazing stuff. So if you're interested in learning how to outperform a porn star, head to my website, www.cam-fraser.com. Let's get back to this episode. I'm I'm curious um, how you help guys like drop into that like being comfortable with their sexual self because something I notice with a lot of men is they feel um, there's anxious, there's anxiousness, there's anxiety and there's like almost a little bit of fear and trepidation of like being a sexual man in the dating space or just out in public. Like there's a fear of being sexual and being comfortable with your sexuality in a public kind of setting. Um, and so I'm wondering how you get guys to feel comfortable in that. Well, I'll, I'll share a little bit about my journey actually, because (laughs) this is how I became comfortable, you know, and it comes through in my work with people just by interact, like being in there, my presence or I'm with them and coaching them. But, um, I will also, I do have some like tips and, and stuff, but, um, so I did a lot of workshops. They weren't Tantra workshops. They were, it, it was actually called holistic sexuality. I don't think it's around anymore, but it was, um, offered at my school. It was offered at my grad school. And, uh, I had no idea what I was getting into, but I, I was an anxious, insecure, you know, boy at the time I was like 22. My, I had grown up, uh, my dad was a pastor. I grew up like fundamental religion, just super repressed, shame, bad sex is bad. So like tons of guilt, praying all the time for just having thoughts about girls, you know, um, and parents were very conservative. They're uh, Korean immigrants. And so they were very traditional and just like, I never even saw them kiss actually. So, um, so that's kind of where I was. And 
I left the Christian faith and, you know, just kind of explored my own stuff. But I ended up at this grad school um, by chance, really. And I'd never done any workshops on sexuality, never done meditation. I go to this class because somebody recommended it. Um, and the class is, uh, it was, so the school itself is experiential education. Like that's what their thing is. Um, so this class ended up just being like a retreat. So it was like three different weekends. So the 36 hour, you know, um, credits were over the course of three different weekends. And what we did on those weekends was we, we meditated embodied, did embodied meditations, um, exploring our own experience with sexual energy when we're touching other people. And, um, you know, they broke it down into, you know, you have sexual vital energy, which is in your genital region, your, you have a heart, and then you have spiritual energy or, you know, your mind, and that's kind of up in your head. And like, how do these energies dance within us? And, you know, the, these are like the fundamental aspects of who we are, who we are as human beings. Um, but sexuality was such a huge part of what they did. And so I'm, I'm meditating basically what through that course. And it wasn't about like trying to it wasn't Tantra. It wasn't like trying to evoke anything in the other person. It wasn't about experiencing bliss or pleasure or, or anything. A lot of people actually experienced their trauma if they had it, but it was really just being, it was using other people as a way to understand yourself and, and, and see what comes up for you. So, you know, that class was really intense. It brought up a lot of anxiety, but you know, I got so comfortable. It, it was so profound for me, you know, that sexuality was this bigger thing. Um, you know, they taught about it, taught that it was life, you know, sexuality is life, life energy. And it's just life. Like it's in everything and everything is in us. And it's a beautiful, powerful, vital, creative force. And that just for my, like, you know, Christian upbringing, you know, the brain, my brain and think, you know, it was just like, wow, sex is amazing. Sex is beautiful. And it's not just this sex thing, sexual act. Um, and so I used that and they taught that. And what I did was, you know, touching other people's, you know, not in the class at the school, but I did workshops with them outside of the school, touching people's, you know, vaginas and just literally just putting my hand there and meditating and literally no focus on them or trying to give them any sort of experience Obviously, there's consent and really clear boundaries and structure, so it felt safe. Um, but doing that, um, touching men's penises, you know, like literally just the first time I've ever done that. I'm just sitting there meditating while like this, the teacher's saying these like really beautiful, powerful like things about you know sexuality and life and this, and I'm like. Well, like feel, I just, a lot opened up in me in that class. I just started to have really intense, energetic openings around sexuality and sexual energy. And, and, um, so, so that's the reason why I'm saying that is because that's like a huge thing for me. I, I disentangled sexuality from the act itself and saw it as this beautiful, powerful, creative life force that's in me and in everybody. And, you know, there's, it, it was, yeah. And then I had some sexual awakenings. I was having tons of things a few years after that, like happening in my body and like 
orgasms without any stimulation, not like I'm just driving on the fucking highway or in the parking lot at a grocery store and just like intense writhing orgasms. And um, I just call that my sexual awakening because I started to embody, it started to become embodied. And um, while I'm doing all this too, the dating stuff is happening and the meeting these women and like people, women approaching me. And it was just, I started to, you know, it was almost like I'm a sexual being all of a sudden and not in this, like, you know, it's funny you bring up Russell Brand because, you know, sometimes I've thought about like, like sort of emulating him because he he's so out with his sexual charisma and uh, mine came out sometimes, but it was much more subdued or just, you know, subtle, I guess, but it was also just reverberating. It was resonating from me because it attracted women so easily. It was like women, it's very rare, I think, to have a man or have men who are so embodied with their sexual energy and also their heart and all these other things. Right. So, so it was, uh, women were very attracted to me. I just meet women and just sex, you know? And um, so, but anyways, I, uh, through that journey, uh, yeah, I disentangled sexuality from the act and saw it just as this beautiful thing. And, you know, like I I sort of worked through a lot of my own hangups and, uh, the guilt and the shame and the, you know, those repressed feelings, you know, when I'm touching somebody's dick or vagina and like, I'm not seeing it as anything homosexual or even sexual heteros, you know, I'm just seeing it as like, whoa, I'm touching this person's, I'm touching life energy, you know, or I'm touching this physical form of, of whatever is this beautiful, powerful thing. And, um, so, so that opened me up to a lot. And so how I work with men around that, um, I do meditations sometimes depending on the person, if they're really into some spiritual stuff, I'll, I'll help men really, um, open up to their sacral area um, or, or their genital area. Um, because like I've had clients that just have a block there. Like I've had a client who's really good at meditation, but like when he, it was just like totally black and dark and, and blocked in that lower region, like belly button and below. Um, so over time we just worked through that some through meditation, but some just through the work that we were doing. Um, and, uh, and so, but other men, it's just, just talking about sex. Let's just talk about sex. Let's talk about masturbation. How much, how many times do you masturbate a week? You know, what type of porn do you watch? Like, let's just get it out of the bag and not make it this weird thing. And, you know, um, so yeah, I, uh, and there's also something to be said about masculine, what I call masculine sexuality, because I've had to go through, through this journey myself. And, and uh, a lot of my clients have as well of just not being stereotypically masculine, not that there's anything wrong with that, but some of their, their problems with dating or being able to attract women or, you know, it comes because they're, they're uncomfortable being masculine in a situation, in an in, in interaction. And I was definitely this way as well. Um, so I do teach, that's where sort of the pickup can come in you know, teaching men how to flirt, how to tease, um, good eye contact, good, you know, body, uh, posture, um, you know, how to take up space in a conversation. Cause some men just, you know, you're talking about asking questions and getting to know them, but some men don't even know how to talk about themselves, you know? So that's something that helped, 
uh, opening up to sexual, I, I don't know how to make this jump all the time, but like opening up to my sexual energy really helped me to learn how to just like talk about things that I, I like and I'm passionate about. And, and, uh, women they'll, they'll, that, that it like creates attraction. They like, they like listening to you. If you have, if you're really passionate about something that's somewhat interesting, not video games or like, you know, Pokemon cards or whatever, but like something somewhat interesting, right. That you're really passionate about. Like women will, I think it, it turns them on in a way, you know, to, to see a man really like passionate about something. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of like ins, you know, but, um, yeah, it really depends on the, the man, you know, I think I really center my focus on what they need and what they, where they're at psychologically, emotionally, sexually. Um, and then I try to support them there. Yeah, I really like what you said about like learning how to disentangle the like sexuality from like the sex act, you know, and I think that's such a great insight for just people in general, but particularly for like the men that we're talking about and for for the men that I work with as well is like, and I, I don't know, I think like guys have this, and again, I speak stereotypically here and just from my own experiences, I was like a lot of guys that I've noticed um, that are like, talking about sexuality or like dating or whatever it might be like as soon as like the sexuality element kind of gets brought into it they automatically jump to like oh god this is going to end in sex or oh this is going to be like a sexual like they they project into the future of like a sexual experience and it's like you can you can be sexual and you can embody your sexuality without there being any like physical touching without there being any sexual like you know explicitly sexual elements in it and i think that's like a really important thing for like guys to start to realize is that they can like embody their sexualness and be a sexual person without that having to lead to anything and i think that's like a um even when it comes to flirting as well, like you can flirt with someone. It doesn't have to mean that you want to date this person. It doesn't have to mean that you want to have sex with this person. You can just be flirtatious and, you know, playful and um, sensual and, and and it doesn't have to lead towards anything. That's like, especially when it comes to like, I, I kind of, I don't focus necessarily on the dating aspect. I focus like right in on like the sexual elements of it and like the sex act. And a lot of guys, you know, when they get to that point as well, there's this kind of, Again, expectation that you know if they're being sexual with someone, oh, it has to lead somewhere, it has to be goal oriented, it has to end somewhere. And a lot of guys have that mentality when it comes to sex is that it's got to be, they've got to progress it, and they've got to like, you know, it's got to lead somewhere, and it's got to, they've got to achieve something, and they've got to, um, you know, get something from the end of it. And and for a lot of guys that I work with, taking that out, you know, changing that mind frame and being like, it doesn't have to lead any to anything, it doesn't have to, you don't have to achieve anything here. It's not a product that you're trying to create, right? It's just something that you can just be exploratory in in the moment. That reframe for them is helpful for alleviating anxiety, for alleviating that kind of performance mentality that they have about sex and focusing more on well, was it enjoyable, was it just pleasurable? Um, and so I think that's a really good just insight for for men, not only in the sexual kind of space, but just in like dating and life in general is that you can just be sexual and it not have to mean anything or not have to go anywhere um or if not to, doesn't even have to be like a, a sexually explicit scenario um so that's really beautiful man i really like that um and then there was something else there that i really wanted to circle back to um which was um oh it's just escaped me at the moment um but uh, i'll i'll speak into to something that i've noticed as well um in my own kind of exploration of like sexuality is like talking about sex. Like a lot of guys aren't comfortable even just like 
discussing it. And I think that's what I wanted to circle back to was like just encouraging guys to just be a bit more open about like what it is that they enjoy. Like here's, I think where I wanted to, to speak to is like pleasure. Like pleasure for a lot of guys is explicitly sexual, right? And it's like, well, pleasure doesn't have to be explicitly sexual. Pleasure is pleasure is pleasure. And it's like, I get pleasure from eating. I get pleasure from, uh, maybe it is playing video games. Maybe I get pleasure from, you know, collecting Pokemon cards. And that's a big pleasurable part of your life. And it's something you're really passionate about. And I think like, um, and there's like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with David Data, but he talks about like fulfilling your purpose, right? And finding your purpose and finding meaning in your life. And I know that's like a very common thing that a lot of men's coaches will, will talk to other men about. It's like finding that purpose in your life and um and that being attractive and it's like yeah having purpose is attractive like having you know someone who like has a mission in their life and like is striving towards that and wants to like you know have this meaningful existence that's that can be attractive that's sure that that creates attraction but i think what creates that chemistry and that like you know um that that kind of um enthusiasm and that like connection is not necessarily the purpose that's kind of what what kind of builds it but it's the passion that you have for that purpose because you your your purpose might be like being an accountant and it could be really dry you know it could just be like yeah i'm just my purpose is to just fucking do this and i'm saving money and yep great and it's like well are you you know are you passionate about that where's your enthusiasm for that like are you like you're saving money because you want to like invest in something and you want to like create this new thing and because you like uh because you love numbers and you're like really into you know um you know creating wealth for other people and helping them like thrive and you know yeah are are you able to to bring that passion into like your purpose and and the passion for me is the part that i think a lot of guys are missing like they're very good at like well men's coaches anyway very good at like okay here's your purpose find your purpose find meaning yada 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 which is great right you can do that until the cows come home but then when you start to get into the pleasure aspect of of things which is where your passions kind of lie that's where i think that um, embodiment of sexuality comes in and that's where I think that you know, chemistry with your sexual partners comes in is when you can be a bit more passionate and pleasurable about things and that, that breeds like sensuality and playfulness and curiosity I think that's that's I think where the, the gold is that's where I wanted to, to kind of circle back to and see if that resonated with you yeah I'm so glad you circled back to that because yeah a lot of stuff is happening in, in me as you're talking about it uh, uh, I, I, I can riff off that like it's i hear you the the way i see it is man let me sit with that for a second um <laughs> sure hmm yeah it's such a huge piece to all of this which i don't think a lot of men talk about or even a lot of people talk about i i mean you do hear like you know make love to life or you know with tantra it's like just everything is you know like a sensual like sexual experience and i think that is true um but something can get lost in that for me like almost i think what you're talking about i do resonate with is more like um when you open up to sexual energy in yourself or when you open up to this deeper sense of connection and i think it does have it has a lot to do with opening your heart as well. Um, like when sexual energy and, and, and your heart come together, the energy of the heart, and it's not just emotions, it's like something else. Um, that's sensuality for me. And there's almost this like enlightenment experience to it. You know, it's like intimacy with everything. It's like intimacy with life. And it's not just for me, it's not just like intimacy, like, like, uh, 
like the Tantra people, like, mm, I'm just going to breathe. I'm not trying to make fun of Tantra people, but like, I just, I've always felt a little turned off because it, 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 it doesn't really get to it for me sometimes because from my own experience, um, you know, like you, the intimacy is more like when you're really just present and you're like, not really, um, gosh, how do I describe this experience? But I, I know what you're talking about because I feel it. And this is the reason why I think the attraction happens so easily with people for me. It's like, like life is just this, it, it's kind of me, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. It's like, it's not like my identity is out there, but like, I'm always in this constant relationship and being present with my inner experience, which the outer experience is also evoking. And like, um, it's energy, right? It's, it's energy, I guess, if you want to kind of chalk it down to something. And so, um, yeah. And it's, it's, I love the sensuality piece, you know, it is sensual. I think it is very sensual. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've been moving away from astrology more, but like I, I'm a, a double or I've got three, I'm a double Taurus. So like, you know, ruled by Venus. Like, I think there is something about sexual energy, you know, that, that is feminine in a way. I mean, in Hinduism it is, but like, you know, just taking away that doc, doctrine of like the theory and all that, like it, there is something beautiful and creative like sexuality i think is a feminine energy it's also this like um kind of going all over the place but like this the 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 work that i did with they called it dark energy because it's un, unformulated like potential you know it's just like potential creative life force and really it's like i guess earth energy it's like if you go all the way down to the earth it's just like nothing it's also death energy but when when that happens when you when you really embody that which is fucking terrifying by the way like the women are in touch with that all the time more so because, i think just because they have you know because their sexual energy their 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 moon cycles whatever like they're just more in their the the body and in touch with that deep kind of death experience <laughs> um but it's harder i think for men um but when you do open up to that that opens you up to life that opens you up to a lot of different it's 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 enlightenment in my experience in another way right in zen they call it emptiness which is like the nothingness but it's not nothingness with nothing in it it's nothingness with like everything in it so it's like that fullness of life and so um i think what i've that's been a huge part of my life and my practice i don't necessarily teach that but i did sort of do that with this one client um, but that energy is so powerful and it's like, it's something that you can embody. I don't subscribe to like Shakti or like the Kundalini stuff. I just see it as this like powerful, like energy, creative life force. And so when you do start to open up to that, it's a death experience, but it also, you know, wakes you up to all of life. And so through that experience for me, life just it, it, it's, it's so fucking beautiful. You know, it's, it's beautiful all the time, even in the like really shitty, difficult stuff. It's like, there's always this feeling of, I guess, intimacy for lack of a better word, you know, and being present and like life, this is life has a sense of passion or, or the purpose comes from the fact that I am existing in a life and in this moment where everything has meaning and is like sort of beautiful you know um 
Does that make sense? Like, like when you talked about purpose and passion, you know, I'm, I'm taking it a little further. And cause I think when you open up to this, re- re- when you really open up to this energy, it's, um, every, everything in life is just kind of your purpose, you know, like your purpose is always happening and you, you kind of know, you feel fulfilled because life is constantly filling you up. You're on this path and it's like, you know, you're never off the path. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, that's to me, sexual energy has, has brought me to all this, you know, and, um, it's really given life this meaning that, you know, I, uh, that that's so far removed from how most people think about life, you know, um, and this whole idea of, you know, separation or like oneness or whatever, it's just, life is so beautiful. And I know I'm never off the path because like everything is like creating itself in every moment. And I'm part of this weird process and journey. Um, so I don't know how to teach that, but I know that I embody it. And so when I sit with people, um, they go through a lot of transformation. Um, most of the time they don't even know, like, it's hard for me to get testimonials from people because they don't even know what happened sometimes, but, uh, um, but I know what happens. So I'm happy for them and they're always happy because they get really good results. But, but yeah, this is, this is a really a way that that I think a lot of people can live. That's it's and it's really connection to yourself. I think in a way, right? So connecting to your own sexual energy. And I'm not sure if you know what what your thoughts are on that about that because you do work with men around sexual, like specifically sexuality and sexual energy. Um, but yeah, it seems to be about there's some connection between that being connected to yourself, purpose, passion. You know, just like living life fully and. Uh, having a sense of meaning all the time. You know what I mean? I feel you, man. And I I appreciate you sharing that because it's like there's something in there that I I wanted to to touch on, which is, you know, I work with a lot of men and and I do notice that guys typically have a bit more difficulty tapping into like their sexuality and exploring their sexuality compared to women. Like I used to run women's workshops and men's workshops and um, mixed gender workshops and I used to do one-on-one coaching with women and with men and 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 it was something that i did notice was there it was a maybe a reluctance or a resistance that that a lot of men have to doing sexuality work and tapping into like a deeper understanding or a deeper exploration of their sexuality and i think part of that is because sexuality and sexual experiences are inherently, I think anyway, this is my opinion, are inherently emotional experiences. Like you you have to feel your sexuality. Your sexuality isn't necessarily something that you can intellectualize and conceptualize, um, which is what a lot of guys want to do. They want to put a put a direction and a label and an, a, you know, a, an achievement on their sexuality. Um, and they want to think about it, not feel it and experience it. And, um, and, to, and to feel and to experience, you've got to be in touch with your, your emotions and your emotionality. Uh, and a lot of guys, especially guys that come to me and they want to like have better sex, for example, like they're coming, they're kind of coming at it quite surface level. They're just like, Hey, I just want to have better sex. And it's like, okay, well, in order to have better sex, you've got to you know, learn how to experience more pleasure, but, but, experiencing more pleasure doesn't just work like that. You can't just say this is the one sliver of emotion or, or, you know, to use energy, right? This is the one sliver of energy that I want to feel more of. It's, it's, I've got to open myself up to feeling everything more, right? Like all the highs as well as all the lows of life of, 
uh, all the pleasure and all the pain of life, right? I've got to be more in tune with all of that so that everything that I experience is um, is more and there's more depth and more richness and more nuance to it as opposed to just saying, okay, I just want this one slice of the pie or this one sliver of energy. Um, and so, that's what I've noticed is a lot of the work that I do with men is essentially starting to get them to tap into what they notice in their body. Like what do they notice emotionally and can they put a word to that emotion? But then also what do they notice physically in terms of sensations? Do they notice some tension in their body? Do they notice some tightness? Do they notice some warmth or some coolness or some openness? Just getting them a bit more like quote unquote embodied, right? Literally learning, you know, practical tools for embodiment. Um, And I think you touched on something interesting there. I, I think you're right. I think like just because, um, because the fact that like a lot of women are, you know, a bit more in tune with their menstrual cycle or, you know, they're in tune with how their bodies feel. And I don't want to say that's like all women. I know there's a lot of women that don't necessarily feel very connected and in tune with their body, but I think we can be safe to say that on average, a lot more women are in tune with their body than a lot of men are. Um, and, um, and so I think that's where a lot of the work for men starts is like tuning into how they're actually physically feeling. Um, and I, I like to try and associate those with emotions. Like if you're frustrated and anxious, uh, and you feel that kind of emotionally or mentally, how does that, how does that anxiousness feel in your body? How does that frustration feel in your body? Where do you feel that? And yeah. And what do you notice? Um, and that's where I start with a lot of men. Um, as a matter of fact, is like getting them to do that. Cause then when you get into a sexual experience, it's like, okay, you're experiencing pleasure. You're turned on, right? You're subjectively. Yeah. She's hot. Um, this is enjoyable. This is pleasurable for me. It's all intellectual or mental. Now drop that into your body. What do you notice? Oh, when I'm really turned on, fuck, I feel this warmth in my chest and this openness in my chest or, or I have this tingling in my balls or whatever the fuck it is. Like, you know, can you start to embody those those emotions? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah, sometimes I've thought about like what like porn stars, like male porn stars are feeling. Like what type of pleasure? Are they even feeling pleasure? It, I, I, You know, they're they're so, they're probably just so focused on like, performance or ejaculating or they're, you know, I could just, I could just tell like when I'm watching porn, it's just like the climax is the point at which they feel something. But up until that point, it's more just like, I don't know, masculine energy trying to like penetrate or whatever, but like, they're not feeling the pleasure throughout that's getting, you know, uh, that's reverberating or circulating. Um, there was another thing I wanted to say, but I don't know, maybe we, we can move on to something else. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's, it is important. I think, and I agree with what you're saying that men are just, you know, there's something about the body <laughs> that men, yeah, I forgot where I was going to go with it, <laughs> but, uh, but sometimes I do work with men to just slow, like, cause I've done a lot of meditation. So I work with men to slow down the sensations and like not focus on ejaculation, but just feeling the energy in the genital area, the lower belly area, you know, maybe you do this as well, but like just, just really slowing it down, you know, whether it's slowing down masturbating, but like, especially when you're about to climax and just feeling that intensity and then, you know, not coming, but just feeling it. And like, if you keep practicing that, it's like, man, the pleasure is just going to like, boom, you know, like, burst over time but so many men are conditioned to just like you know masturbate with porn and just like focus on the 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 images and or they're you know um just focus on the ejaculation like and i used to be that way too but 
But through opening up the body, through meditation, yeah, definitely started to feel these energetic awakenings. And um, I do think there's something about the heart too, you know, when you're talking about pleasures, pleasure, sensuality, like there's something about opening up the heart or being more connected to your heart that allows, you know, you're, you're calling it maybe emotions, but allowing these sensations and these feelings to, to start to um, be felt and be, become more conscious, right? Which a lot of men don't know how to do. And, and what I've noticed as well, I've, I've had this happen with a couple of guys who are um, single and they're taking some time to do some work on their sexuality. So, they choose to work with me um, and then they kind of feel a bit more confident in their sexuality. They feel a bit more comfortable with it and then they start dating and I don't necessarily really help them in the dating aspect. I usually refer them on to someone. Um, but when they do start dating and they start like having new sexual experiences with these new uh, typically they're women because I work with a lot of heterosexual men. They Something that's been uh, reported back to me from these guys is that some of these women actually feel intimidated by these guys that are quite confident and comfortable and outgoing with their sexuality that kind of embody it and are open about it and ask questions and talk about it and you know explore their desires and fantasies and assert boundaries. They kind of say to me, hey, like sh- she's not used to a guy that's like this like, and she's kind of a bit, um, not sure what to do and to be intimidated. And I'm wondering, do you ever notice that with any of your clients when they start to date and they start to embody their sexuality, have something similar happen? Mm. I haven't really experienced that, but I think it's because a lot of the men that I work with are pretty, they're learning how to open up to sexuality. I don't want to say for the, for the first time, but it, it's, it's, it's relatively, it's like new territory for them. So it's not like they're just like openly talking about it all the time um, or, or uh, you know, very much even forward with it. It's just they, they're learning how to be more comfortable with it, learning how to flirt, learning how to stay comfortable in, in, in sexual tension. Um, so I wouldn't say so. Um, and I have this, you know, I, I, I think women... It's interesting what you're saying. So maybe it's the men that you're working with, like tend to be more sexual or have had more sexual experiences. And so when they open up to sexuality, when they start to feel more comfortable with sexuality, they really, they're really comfortable with it. They really open up. They, they have direct conversations. You know, it's uh, they're much more sex positive where some of them, uh, and whereas the women that they meet, they may not be sex as sex positive or understand how to be sex positive. Uh, whereas the men I work with are more like uh, some of them actually meet, they're like playing catch up. Some of them, you know, like they're the women have already dated, you know, had sexual experiences where some of my clients have haven't had much sex or haven't had many relationships. And so, yeah, I, I don't run across that too much. I think, I think for that reason, um, they're just more more new. You know? Sure, sure. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that, man. Thank you. And I, I guess I'm mindful of time, dude. And I wanted to like end on some practical, uh, like a practical note, some things that like men might be able to do that are maybe in the situation that you're that you've just described, right? They're kind of new, um, maybe don't have a lot of experience, and they're wanting to kind of step into a bit more confidence, a bit more comfortability with regards to their like dating and and like just sexuality. And I was wondering if you had any. Uh, pieces of wisdom, little nuggets of gold that you could share with some men that might be listening. Sure. Yeah. I think 
one of the things that we haven't talked about yet, which I want to mention because it's a big part of my work and why I call myself an authentic dating coach and is, is this notion of attachment. And it's not just like insecure attachment and, you know, avoidant and like that attachment theory is just, you know, what is, what, how does your relationship with your, you know, I guess if you're in a, if you're a man and in a heterosexual, like you're heterosexual, then you know, how, how did your relationship with your mom go? You know? Um, Cause a lot of men, I think dating or feeling insecure around women really comes from the fact that, you know, their mom might've been overbearing or their mom might've, you know, been very controlling or, or absent or, you know, depressed, or there's different things that uh, happen. You know, we hear a lot about fathers and, and, and girls, you know, band, you know, like, but, but we don't talk a lot about uh, boys and, and moms and, you know, moms can have their own issues as well. And I think that contributes, or I know that contributes a lot to men not feeling confident around women they're attracted to, or they like, or, you know, they, they, they feel like they can't be themselves or they, you know, they, they want to just appease and, you know, the nice guy thing. Like, I think the simps and the night, like, I, I, I think a lot of that comes from mom issues, you know, and, uh, we just don't talk about that, about that as a society. Um, so I really incorporate some of that, 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 that's what I think differentiates me from a lot of dating coaches is like, you know, we'll work on attachment stuff. You know, we don't have to dive super deep into it. We just address it, you know, let's, let's talk about it. It's just part of my work. In addition to sexuality, learning how to flirt better, you know, um, developing confidence in that way. So, so yeah, the, the, the attachment piece is something that is, you don't see in the dating world. Like the dating coaching world, they don't teach that. They don't talk about that because they're not trained to do that. Um, and they do talk about it in therapy, but in therapy, you don't really get dating advice or like, you know, how to flirt or, you know, how to embody more of your masculine confidence or sexuality, you know? Um, so, so I, that, that's, I kind of bridge the two. And I think that's really important for a lot of men to understand if they're having trouble with dating or sex or whatever, feeling insecure around, around women, especially when they're attracted to them, especially when they like them, like them, because that triggers the attachment stuff that triggers the, cause you, you know, they may be able to feel comfortable around somebody they're, they don't like, or they're not that attracted to. Um, so yeah, I think working on that is, is something that is really that people don't talk about, but that is going to be essential. If a guy who has trouble with dating feels insecure, wants to learn how to feel more comfortable and confident because then you can just relax more and be yourself. And, um, not feel so like anxious or, you know, afraid or overwhelmed, you know, it helps you to feel more relaxed and comfortable if you work on what is causing the insecurity. So, um, so that, that's really, that's just something that came to my mind to say, um, uh, that we haven't talked about, and you know, a lot of people don't talk about. Yeah. I like that, man. I, I I've heard, um, and I've read about attachment theory being applied to obviously long-term committed relationships, but I, you're right. I haven't heard it being applied to um, dating and courting. And and, um, and I think that's really interesting. Uh, and I'm going to do a bit more reading up on that. And maybe you and I can have a conversation about that at a later date because um, I'm quite curious about it. Um, and yeah, it's, it, that's sparking a lot, of, a lot of interest in me because I definitely see a lot of guys 
avoidant when it comes to dating, right? And they'll they'll be non-committal and things like that. So yeah, that's quite interesting. Um, yeah, and, I, and you were talking earlier oh, yeah. about you know, sorry, men who 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 like have that entitlement. You know, that's it's similar to resentment or anger, all that 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 comes from from mommy issues. You know, yeah, very interesting, man. Well, we'll have to dive into that maybe in a in a round two episode at some point. Um, I'm thankful that you set aside this time to have a chat with me, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for for joining me. Hey there, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Men, Sex and Pleasure podcast. If you find value from this content, then I encourage you to consider becoming a patron on my Patreon account. You can find the link for that in the description below. You have access to a whole bunch of perks, including behind the scenes podcast footage, as well as pre-release YouTube videos and patron-only writing, as well as the opportunity to have your name either shown in a YouTube video or read out in a thank you during the podcast. So like I said, if you enjoy this content and you'd like to support it and support me, then head to the link in the show notes below and consider becoming a patron. Thank you.